Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Black Talk Radio News. My name, of course, is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind these enemy lines known as USA Inc., a corporation. And I just really got corporations on, on my mind today, uh, but um, I'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, we do want to continue to update our listeners on what is going on with Momia. Bye. Okay. Y'all ha- have to excuse me. That was my grandson uh, telling me bye. And wanted to give his uh, grandpa a kiss before he left. So how could I turn that down? So uh, let me get back to today's broadcast and telling you uh, what's on the plate for today what's on the agenda of course the agenda can always change uh we do not have a scheduled guest today and when we do not have a scheduled guest it's pretty much the listeners you are the guests uh many of you have donated to keep this platform going and hopefully we can grow it if we can meet um the uh campaign goal of the black talk media project 2015 fundraiser but um, I've heard different hosts on the network, and they didn't mean anything by it, but I've heard them describe it as Scotty Reed's network. This isn't Scotty Reed's network. This network is uh, managed by the Black Talk Media Project, which is a corporate entity incorporated as a nonprofit educational uh, organization in the state of North Carolina. So I just want to uh, just... Uh, uh, again, always give my appreciation for those who have been uh, donating to our campaign. Uh, the telephone number, since it's your program, is 530-881-1400. The access code is 549-032-POUND. Hit star 6 and 1 and comment on the air course we are streaming uh, live on Black Talk Radio Network. Today's date is March 31st 2015 so it's the last day 
a march. And so um, I had an idea today about, you know, talking about war reports on this program because I, I really do mean it when I say behind enemy lines. For those who don't know my background, six-year military veteran, veteran of foreign war, the Gulf War. So I have been to a war zone. I know how things, how war zones look and operate, even from a administrative standpoint. So uh, that's what's going on in in many, uh, not just our urban areas. We tend to focus mainly on our urban areas because they have the most casualties. But um, casualties are spread out all across America in the rural county areas, little towns like Ferguson as well where they seem to, uh, the white supremacists seem to think they're isolated from the rest of the world and that eventually what you're uh, practicing isn't going to be exposed. So I um, had an ideal, um, want to give a shout out to Kill by Police. I'm going to keep promoting that and make it a daily segment. We're going to, every day that we're on air, we're going to take a look at the latest casualty reports across the United States, USA Inc., and that information will come from the database uh, killed by police.net. And so I was looking at yesterday, I, I think I noted earlier on an earlier broadcast, like five people had gotten killed in the past few days. Can't remember the exact date, if it was the 25th or what, whatever. We was counting off all the casualties and I think five I, I know it was five well March 30th beat that day by one uh, six casualties to report as reported by killed by police uh, yesterday also was the first issue of race the racism terrorism report volume one it's a work in progress so that is that was, uh, the, which was published on blacktalkradionetwork.com. That was the first issue, I guess. We'll take a look at, we can take a look at that. And it's looking at white supremacy and, and the practice of racist terrorism from a global uh, perspective. So that people don't think it's just little isolated incidents and, you know, pockets So um, we do want want to uh, every day that I have a report on that. We'll make that a permanent segment. Also published on BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com in the press release section from um, a nonprofit organization out of Hawaii. But they issue a press release talking about a Hawaii state judge who recently ruled in court in a criminal case where the defendant was claiming that the quote-unquote government backed by the United States has no jurisdiction to be charging him with any kind of crimes. And, and so in one of these preliminary hearings, a Hawaii state judge did issue a ruling recognizing the kingdom of Hawaii. Now, I spent three years in Hawaii, and um, I don't know what it is with me, but I seem to seek out 
oppressed people. And so, like, you know, to use their terminology and it has derogatory, um, you know, uh, connotations to it, but the hoods and the quote unquote ghettos, certainly they, they are impoverished areas. And so those were the people that during my off time, when I wasn't living, uh, working on base, living on base, spent a lot of time and got to at a young age, uh, I think for the first time to view how oppressed people viewed the United States government and primarily the United States military. I was still growing, young man in his 20s. Of course, I would later uh, marry someone who was descendant from Hawaii and had uh, two children. So the story kind of has, you know, a, a... personal uh meaning certainly to to my children and my ex-wife and you know just from my experiences and seeing how these people were uh oppressed and the poverty that they dealt with you know and then learning the history as my ex-wife educated me on the queen being kidnapped and coerced into signing over the islands by white supremacists they continue to occupy. And I did not know that President, one of the presidents of the Corporation of America or the United States had recognized that this was an illegal overthrow of a sovereign government by American citizens aided by the United States military, which again, in the late 1980s, I would find myself on that island as a soldier as a member of the occupying force so that that story um it came out what two three days ago but it's it's being underreported so i want to make sure that you know uh, i'm not going to assume that everybody you know hears everything because i haven't seen anything about it uh from the mainstream so-called you know the corporate media corporate slash state media so I, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Now, I'm going to have to file this because I have the Black Talk Media Project has um, started a database on racist terrorism in the United States inspired by the database created by Killed by Police. And so this database, I'm not really publicizing it, but I'm just making entries and, and um, you know, dating them and giving you links modeled after how Killed by Police you know, has their uh, database. And this is one that I got, I have to get entered in um, today. I got to remember. But the St. Louis, speaking of Ferguson, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is reporting that a former St. Louis Cardinal professional baseball player by the name of Kurt Ford uh, suffered a racist terrorist attack inside a St. Louis convenience store, just, you know, purchasing whatever items he has stopped by the store perhaps to purchase some gas or whatnot and uh this this racist terrorist just walked up to him and punched him in the face so um yeah that's definitely qualifies in my opinion uh um as a racist terrorist attack 
So therefore, it will be entered into the database. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court justices, um, I may have mentioned this story on broadcast past, but I finally, with the help of Yohanan, because he was the one who shared the story on social media originally, but I hadn't heard anybody, you know, talk about it really. Uh, but the U.S. Supreme Court justices, two of them, uh, Anthony Kennedy and Stephen Breyer, um, they, you know, are Supreme Court justices on the third branch of so-called government of the United States. And they were talking about the Supreme Court's fiscal year 2016 budget because the government has to be funded. They take your tax dollars by force if necessary. We'll put you in jail if you do not fund uh, this government. There's so many people, millions of people believe is uh, an oppressive uh, force in this country. But anyway, they were, it looked like congressional hearings. This was broadcast on C-SPAN. I watched some of it live, but it was broadcast on C-SPAN. And it was a congressional hearing concerning, you know, how much money uh, the Supreme Court is going to be allocated for the fiscal uh, year in 2016. And they talked about, quote unquote, the mass incarceration problem. Which, of course, if you are a regular listener to several of the programs that are on Black Talk Radio Network, New Abolitionist Radio, um, The Abolitionist Daily, certainly my program as well, uh, any other commentaries you might hear from people like Momia Abu-Jamal as a uh, correspondent for Prison Radio and others. But it's still interesting that these conversations are being ha- being had in the public settings by people in these quote unquote or so called high positions of government. So again, that's that's uh, U.S. Supreme Court Justices Anthony Kennedy and Stephen Breyer said that America has a mass incarceration problem. Meaning that they are running out of funding or it, or the costs just keep increasing and increasing and increasing. So one of them said even said that prisoners are suffering inhumane treatment in the United States. So this is a, an acknowledgement from a sitting U.S. Supreme Court justice. They, they settled a law and, and even they are saying you have one on record saying this is inhumane treat, treatment so so it's interesting and, and I think it's a good sign that people need to keep pushing these conversations in the public by however means whether it's broadcasting whether it is having you know many the black community has many community uh, events going on, workshops and whatnot. That we, you know, we need to be talking about um, these these things. So they are admitting that there is a huge problem with funding 21st century slavery and human trafficking, and they're pushing it on. It's being pushed on taxpayers. So that goes to something that I was um, 
I had wrote on Facebook, you know how we write random thoughts. And I wrote about um, us as individual citizens, whether we agree to any contracts with the U.S. government, the state government, the county government, whoever we paying taxes to. And what they're doing with those taxes, some of it, besides paying the salaries of these legislatures or legislators, is we're funding prisons and the building of more prisons and making deals with with private entities, private corporations that are in the business of slavery. Like the GO Group, like Correction Corporation of America and many, many others. There's, there's, those are the two largest by far. The ones who spend the most money on lobbying for Congress to keep passing laws and passing laws to criminalize uh, behavior. Not just federal uh, government, but state governments as well. They have through uh, what is called uh, what the Koch brothers sponsor these things through ALEC. And it's all a profit motive for them to keep making billions, I would dare say trillions of dollars off of human suffering, off of of slave labor. So again, I, I, I can't underscore in terms of the propaganda wars the importance of these two uh, Supreme Court justices admitting to these quote-unquote problems. I call them crimes, but, you know, they have the trick of the 13th Amendment, so while these things are problem, they're still legal according to the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution. Now, I do want to give that update on Brother Mumia because we reported yesterday we uh, passed along the message uh, that we got from prison radio to make phone calls on his behalf there was a, a reported quote unquote medical emergency much more is known now the nature of this medical emergency and, and it has to do with uh, diabetes So I've often heard uh, Johanan when he talks about the uh, medical, the private medical providers like Horizon, which has all these lawsuits against them, all of these, you know, contractors and subcontractors that the states enter into business with to feed prisoners, to provide them with quote unquote medical care and how these people will cut costs at the expense of the nutrition the health and indeed the life of these prisoners so I mean Johanna does an excellent job on covering that stuff on in depth on the abolitionist daily cause it's a daily program an extension of new abolitionist radio so um Apparently, Brother Mumia is having health-related issues in terms of 
diabetes. We don't know if he's been getting a proper diet or even if the prison offers a diet for uh, people with diabetes. But the news isn't good. According to um, a source, the Malcolm X Commemoration Committee said that Momia is, has, is in a diabetic coma, quote unquote. And uh, someone posted on my Facebook post of this that they heard from um, or read that. They weren't specific, but heard that um, Momia's wife said that his blood sugar level was very high, as high as 779. See, I don't have diabetes or, or, you know, I'm not really knowledgeable about what, you know, diabetes. No one in my family has it, so... Um, but I'll take their word for it that that's not good. Apparently, he's in a in a coma. Said that uh, seven seventy nine was the reading when he was hospitalized at the passing out. Of uh, the the uh, person, I believe Michael Davis also said that it remains more than uh, three hundred, his blood sugar level. So again, if you're a praying person, if you're a spiritual person, if you are a believer in positive speaking, then speak positively and believe with others that uh, our brother will recover from what is affecting him. But also, um, um, thank you to those who participated in the phone campaign. Because his family, according to another uh, report, which is indicated by what the person on my Facebook profile said, um, reports from Mamiya's wife. So apparently they have been given access to Mamiya. Let me see. The Amsterdam News reported today that um, according to emails from his contingent of supporters and certainly Momia is one of the most widely known uh, U.S. held political prisoners in the world but according to emails from his contingent of supporters Mumia Abu-Jamal was taken to the hospital facility on Monday he was shackled to the bed alone and prevented from knowing that his family is close by and he remains in intensive care. Prison officials and hospital officials were not spreading misinformation or denying uh, Mumia's family access to visit. Oh, sorry about that interruption. There's a video on this article. Um, Ed, and it started. Prison officials and hospital officials were not spreading misinformation are denying Mamiya's family access to visits while also denying the family and his lawyers any information or records about his condition. So uh, obviously, if you read down in this article, which I have linked to, you will see that uh, that information has been updated and that um, at least we know his wife uh, is with him. We assume, we presume in the uh, room with him. As he's in this this coma. Let's see. As of Tuesday morning, the family has been given access to see Abu Jamal, who has been incarcerated, enslaved 
since 1982 for the alleged murder of police officer Daniel Faulkner and you know I just would um, implore people to do their research on the Philadelphia Police Department during the 70s the 80s I mean hell going all the way back to when they too were incorporated as as slave catchers they are one of the three oldest police departments to evolve from slave catching patrols to terrorize black people and keep them where they belong on the plantation but I would just, you know, when you, cause you will see, uh, articles come out calling him a cop killer and, and this and that. And without the context of the racist violence, the terrorism that was being practiced by, uh, the Philadelphia Police Department, it, it has been documented. Uh, the same things that we're hearing about the Ferguson Police Department. But even worse, uh, we heard about police brutality. This is documented. The Justice Department had taken legal action against the Philadelphia Police Department during this period. And, and Momia, to this day, contends that he is innocent. Uh, let me see. Veteran activist and a close associate of Abu, uh, of Abu Jamal Pam Africa was outraged by the treatment and conditions he was enduring. Prison officials are lying, she said. Momia is going through torture at the hands of the Department of Correction through medical neglect. And see, that's what I was talking about earlier. I bet you, uh, you know, your hunting would be a good person to ask. Well, we could, you know, do that research ourselves, but find out easily, easily using Google and other tools to find out who provides medical care in uh, the Philadelphia Police Department. She went on to say it is clear, excuse me, prisons. Are they using private contractors or is this all in-house? But, uh, yeah, uh, it is clear to people. Pam Africa went on to say that they want to kill Momia. They gave him the wrong medication, which made his condition worse. So certainly, uh, if a person has diabetes and you gave them the wrong medication, whether it, you know you intended to do this so that they would die, or whether it was through neglect. It seems that uh, Pam Africa of the MOVE organization is saying, and I would have to agree, that um, they are to blame. So a lot, lot more to look at, but again, first and foremost, uh, we want to send healing vibrations to our brother uh, Mumia and hope that he recovers. Inmates on the inside of the AmsterdamNews.com article uh, states, Inmates on the inside, this is uh, still uh, Miss Africa speaking, Inmates on the inside who question what was happening have been subjected to direct retaliation by the superintendent. 
They have been moving unconcerned. They have been moving concerned inmates out of Mumia's unit in an effort to both bury and keep this critical information from the public. So she is still talking about her charges that they gave him the wrong medication for his diabetes, thus leading to him being in a diabetic coma. Um, Miss Africa was unable to talk extensively when called since she was at the hospital and at a press conference with an aim toward dealing with prison officials. So uh, there's much more to this, this article that Herb Boyd, we appreciate your work, uh, Mr. Herb Boyd, in getting this information out to the people uh, through uh, Amsterdam News, and we have linked uh, there for you for those that are. Uh, want to read more about that so again I can't stress enough uh, my appreciation for those um, we had a caller yesterday said that uh, you know she would call on Mumia's behalf and that can make a difference I have seen it the record isn't 100% but I can tell you there have been uh, cases where I've been told that those calls led to saving a prisoner's life so don't think that you taking a couple of minutes to call these people up, read a script, or say what's on your mind doesn't uh, make a difference. It's not going to overthrow uh, racism, white supremacy, uh, but it can save a life, life, and at least in some individual cases, prevent them from just outright killing someone and further mistreating them. So. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for uh, talking about that. Um, we're going to take a break. Before I do, I want to give out the telephone number. It is 530-881-1400. The access code is 549-032-POUND. For those already dialed into the conference line, you just simply hit star six and the number one to comment on air. Uh, when we come back, uh, the next article that uh, we will discuss is, um, let me uh, just check right quick. Yeah, I wanted to uh, play this clip of these two U.S. attorneys. I mean, sitting U.S. Uh, justices. Well, they are attorneys. But Supreme Court justices talking about the state of slavery in the United States and, and how it, the costs are just increasing just increasing so George Zoli and the stockholders of the GO group they they getting paid man we talk about it regularly on new abolitionist radio and it's a huge problem and anybody listening right now it could happen to you they could just like snatch you up like they did uh Solomon Northrop in 12 years a slave you know that film that came out produced by Hollywood how, you know, they show him being snatched up. That's you. That's you. That could happen to you. Your child, your husband, your wife. Indeed. Two, 2.5 million or more people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. But how can we just go about our day and know that this sort of thing is, is being practiced? Some of us live within miles of these prisons like I do 
within miles of these prisons. And, you know, we don't give it a second thought. So, yes. Um, we will be back on the other side, and we will talk about that. Or I will talk about that. Uh, again, I will. Uh, today is open phone line. So, give us a call. Tell us what you think about any of this uh, that is going on. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed on the Black Talk Radio Network. Johan and Elijah, host of the Abolitionist Daily and co-host of New Abolitionist Radio. What I first loved about the Black Talk Radio Network was how the programming was giving a voice to my passion. I loved that the broadcasts were able to teach me ways that I could help build a community that I want to be a part of. Now, just a few years later, and the Black Talk Radio Network features my voice, and I understand how valuable it is in changing lives. Malcolm X warned us to take the power of the media seriously. It was Malcolm who said the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. He wasn't lying, and we know that it takes a strong and consistent media force to compete with the negative images and messages of misinformation which flow throughout the mainstream day and night. Well, the Black Talk Radio Network is that strong and consistent media force, offering a wide range of programming with topics from politics to faith, from health to pan-Africanism, black history, and the latest headlines are on Black Talk Radio News. 24 hours every day, seven days a week, live streaming and downloadable podcasts all through a platform that is compatible with major outlets like TuneIn, iTunes, and stream seamlessly through mobile devices and even in your car. We do all we can to fulfill our end, researching, studying topics in depth so we can give informed commentary, inviting guests who are leaders in their professional and academic fields so we can hear from the experts. And when it comes to the grassroots, no one makes more connections and establishes relationships with the folks who are in the streets and at the meetings, the people who are actively protesting, agitating for a better world, and activating minds to join the struggle. In all of this, though, we need your help to make sure the message continues to go out all across this nation and across the world. The Black Talk Radio Network is listened to by tens of thousands of faithful listeners and adding new listeners every day. We need your help to continue the mission and grow the network. Come to the website, blacktalkradionetwork.com or blacktalkmediaproject.org and click on the link to donate. Let's make sure we keep this new media going forward and as we go forward into this new millennium. Slave ships. There are more records of slave ships than one would dream. It seems inconceivable until you reflect that for 200 years ships sailed carrying cargo and slaves. Man, man, be non-violent. In the face of the violence that we've been uh, experiencing for the past 400 years, is actually doing our people a disservice. In fact, it's a crime. It's a crime. Here come the drums. I, uh, I have some very strong feelings about our capacity to deal with people uh, with our current uh, prison and, and uh, local jail overcrowding. I mean, it goes all the way from our county levels uh, to, the, to the federal system. And uh, it seems to me that our country is, continues to struggle with just what to do uh, and how to, how to manage. You just can't build enough incarcerating facilities to deal with the population. It's such an expensive thing. Um, you know, and I, I was at an event Saturday night in my own area, and I, one of my county judges remarked to me that there's a chance that their jail is going to be shut down and what to do, and, and uh, the, the opportunities or the, the solutions to these problems seem to be fewer and fewer. So I, I just kind of consider myself in the camp of 
um, we're going to have to start prioritizing a little bit how we deal with this. And the supervised piece the, that you spoke of, Justice Kennedy, about uh, you know the probations and the, 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 those kinds of programs are just a very uh, invaluable tool to our country in, in helping manage just how many people we have behind bars at a given time. So I'll just throw that out on the table and, and, uh, and yield back my time. I, I think, Mr. Chairman, that the correction system is one of the most overlooked, misunderstood uh, institutions, functions that we have in our entire government. Um, in law school, I never heard about corrections. Lawyers are fascinated with the guilt-innocence adjudication process. And once the adjudication process is over, we have no interest in corrections. Uh, doctors uh, know more about correction system and psychiatrists than we do. Uh, nobody looks at it. California, my home state, uh, had 187,000 people in jail at a cost of over $30,000 a prisoner. Compare um, the amount that they gave to school children, um, it was about $3,500 a year. Uh, now, it's the difference because this is 24 hour care, and so there's apples and oranges in a way. <clears throat> and this idea of total incarceration just isn't working. It's not, and it's not humane. The federal government uh, built, what do they call them? Supermax, supermax prisons with isolation cells. Prisoners, we, we had a case come before our court a, a, a few weeks ago. Uh, the prisoner had been in an isolation cell, according to the attorney, I haven't checked it out, uh, for 25 years. Uh, Solitary confinement literally drives men mad. Even Dr. Manette had his workbench and his cobbler's tools in Tower 105 North, and even he lost his mind. And we simply have to look at this system that we have. The uh, Europeans uh, have systems for uh, difficult uh, recalcitrant uh, prisoners in which they have them in a group of three or four, and they can stay together for three or four, and they have a human human contact, and it seems to work. It seems to work much better, but we haven't given nearly nearly enough study, nearly enough thought, nearly enough investigative resources uh, to looking at our correction system. In 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 many respects, I think it's broken. I uh, just one thing is I want to focus on one word that I think you said, uh, which to my mind. Uh, is the direction of an answer, and that's the word prioritize. Fine. Who will do the prioritizing? You think you can do it here? You proceed crime by crime. I mean, no matter what crime you chose, you will find individuals who committed it in a way that seems to deserve little, and some maybe who deserve a lot. And you can't look at it individually. You want to have mandatory minimums? I've said publicly so many times that I think that's a terrible idea. And I've given reasons which I'll spare you. <laughs> the, uh, if you, if you uh, uh, want uh, uh, individual judges to do it, always, completely, you run the risk of non-uniformity. And therefore, we've set up parole commissions, sentencing commissions, and then mandatory minimums. So it's a huge topic. And is it worth your time and effort, or mine, to try to work out ways of prioritizing? I think it is. I think it is a big problem for the country. 
And, and uh, so I can't do anything more in the next minute or 30 seconds or two seconds than to say I like the word prioritize. I hope you follow it up, and I hope you uh, do uh, examine the variety of ways that there are of trying to prioritize and then work out one that's pretty good. I thank the gentleman. Thank you. Mr. All right, so uh, that was a clip from C-SPAN. Uh, I'm sure the hearing was more than a couple of minutes there, so we don't have the uh, full context, but there was enough inf information um, that was shared there. And again, those speaking were uh, Justice Stephen Breyer, that's who was just most recently speaking at the end of the clip. And you also had um, Justice Anthony Kennedy. Now, the first person you heard speaking was Steve Womack, a Republican art out of Arkansas. And I took, I was taking notes as I try to do when I think things are important to see what these people are saying and breaking it down. And I just encourage other people to do the same. And um, also, again, the telephone number, if you want to share, is 530-881-1400. The access code is 549-032-POUND. Hit star six and one to comment on air but but this republican out of arkansas mr womack steve womack uh he seemed to be representing the interest with his question the interest of uh um local enslaver law enforcement i presume the sheriff's department and i guess due to overcrowding and whatnot and violating people's Human rights is what I assert, but they use language like constitutional rights. We are talking about the corporation of USA. So that's the law that they are applying, and according to the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, they are violating the right rights of their captives. And he would, and, and so the interest that he expressed, he told his little story, and the man asked him and told him that we're in danger of them shutting down our jail. And as an abolitionist, I would be like, why is that a bad thing? Because if they're going to shut down your jail, obviously you don't need it. And let's look at those jails. If if we apply national statistics and, and they hold true in whatever individual county he's talking about, we could someone could look up what county he represents in Arkansas, this Republican Steve Steve Womack, but we can presume, I think, on the safe side, that probably seventy five to eighty to probably ninety percent of these individuals that are in these jails, are in there for victimless, nonviolent crimes. Something that have to do with petty drug crimes or perhaps prostitution, crimes of survival. But most of it has to do with, with drug addiction and, and whatnot. So the, these people aren't really victimizing anyone else. If they victimize somebody else, then you charge them with burglary, you charge them with robbery, you charge them with murder, but you don't charge them because they had a crack pipe and throw them in prison for 25 years. But see, they are worried about losing their jobs. Again, I, I live in a primarily white district. 
probably I could safely say uh 80% in Gaston County. And I would dare say the biggest employer. Now I'm, I'm going to talk to you how I hear conservatives talk to people about being fiscal but uh, and big government and whatnot. But I, I dare to say that the biggest employer in Gaston County is is law enforcement in in prison in jail guards there is a prison a state prison in this county and then they have their jail then you have all the little individual police departments that like the town of Mount Holly or the town of Dallas or the town of Ranlow or the town of Belmont and they all take their captives to the county jail so a lot of people is employed through this this human trafficking and that that is what um, this congressman the special interest group he is representing with his question they're worried about jails being shut down as a fiscal conservative if he's claiming that title that's, he should be glad that's less money that the taxpayers have to spend if you if this jail is shut down in the county the people of that county no more will have to contribute to the operation and paying the salary of enslavers that's on the public payroll so again this goes to again me saying we individuals consent to these people robbing us of our taxes and, and they are applying it towards slavery enslaving other people in our county our friends our relatives people we went to school with over nonviolent BS just the criminalization of people activity in the area of law so that you can continue to take the economic benefits from the oppressed people. Now, Justice Anthony, uh, he, I had made a note. Total, he mentioned the phrase total incarceration. Saying total car incarceration. I thought that was important. That this was a strategy. Is that the strategy y'all talking about? Are y'all referring to other backroom deals? We have discussed this issue or other hearings. And that seems to have been the policies of the 80s, of the 90s. Well, we can go back to the 70s with Nixon, who launched the drug war with help from the Democratic Party, who was controlling both houses of Congress. And they created the DEA and started creating all these people activity uh, uh legislation to criminalize activity where if you really cared about the individual you would get them help and not that they even need your help but as long as they're not interfering with the rights of others what gives you the right to take their freedom from them and put them into bondage and, and make money off of them by creating jobs so Oh man, that just tells you that they have a policy. Oh, I mean, Nixon told you. I saw uh, Clifford Thornton, 
person I know through Facebook who has been a lifelong activist. He was talking about it the other day about Nixon saying, or his chief of staff reporting that Nixon said, we got to find a way to make it seem like the problem is the blacks and we got to target them without without appearing to or target them. I, I probably butchered that quote, but anyway. Michelle, y'all know Michelle Alexander, her book. What is it? Uh, Jim Crow, the new Jim Crow. Well, she cites Nixon. I've seen her in clips. Cite Nixon. Got to figure out a way to target the blacks without seeming like we're targeting the blacks. So they've, they've been targeting us. And I would dare say for total incarceration. If they, if they can't convince us to join them, you know, become cops and arrest people for these, uh, uh, liberty, anti-liberty legislation that they pass, locking up people for weed, locking them up for pipes and paraphernalia and, and, you know, I'm recalling again total incarceration. That's what uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy said. Thing that just came to my mind was uh, um, what they call a meme or Mimi. I don't know how it's pronounced. But we put out a graphic. I created it personally where I was looking at the black population in 1850. You know, about 15 years before they came out with the 13th Amendment telling the lie or, and, and pretending like they had abolished slavery. But there was a free population of black people, about 500,000, half a million. I've talked about them before in the 1850s, according to the census. So it could have been many more that weren't counted. And I looked at that map and then I looked at the most recent map I could find showing all the prisons across America and how they, you know, were, uh, it even showed the percentage of how, how the percentage of the black population they were incarcerating. And I compared the two, you know, put them side by side. And it's like, if I was looking at a battlefield map and I'm putting little symbols on the map to show explosions where I have dropped bombs and whatnot. how there was just this explosion across the U- the territory we call the United States of America it looked like an explosion but these were all jails filled mostly with black people and prisons filled mostly with black people and other non-white people but primarily black people that just, you know, gives me the impression taken in the context of just Justice Anthony Kennedy's comments on a policy of total incarceration. So again, I'm t- I'm telling you, it may not be you today, may not even be you tomorrow, but here comes the weekend. You ready to go out and do whatever it is? that people do engage in people activity 
might go shopping, might take a class, college class or course, might go see a movie, might work. So uh, whatever you do, whatever you do, at any time you could be snatched up like Solomon Northrop and, and, and put into slavery. He also said that it is inhumane. Again, we have talked about on this station on various programs about the Supreme Court case with California, which he said he's from. That's his home state where they had ordered them to release, I think, 144,000, might have been 44,000, but release these prisoners. It's overcrowding. I heard Johanna talk about the other day, like five to eight people to a cell that's meant for two people and you just cram them all in there and the Supreme Court said this is inhumane so here we have um, Justice Anthony Kennedy expressing that once again this is inhumane and, and again rather than let these people go let our people go we had proxy racists to uh, the system of white supremacy Kamala Harris the Attorney General of California challenged the release of these 44,000 or was it 144,000 I'm not sure but she opposed the release her office did she did it you know she get a paycheck to do what she's told whoever gave her those directions I'm sure they had a powwow sit down all the people that work in their office and, and they said, we're going to oppose this. Why should we let these people go? How can we ease these inhumane conditions and, and, and you know, stop shoving eight people in a cell? How can we get out of this? And as we know, one of the things they argued in court, the office, was that that would deplete California of a cheap labor pool. I kid you not. That is what they argued. That is what the office of Kamala Harris, the proxy racist tool who's running as a Democrat for the Senate, I believe, replacing a longtime Senate person of that district. It's a female, white female, I can't remember her name, who is retiring, so she seems to be the appear, uh, uh, air appearance but this is what she has been doing and uh, people need to know what she's been doing as the attorney general what she's been co-signing or allowing her signature to be applied to she asked for the position so she must take the blame at least part of the blame she sought out she ran for this office she was elected and this is what she's the office that she told the voters, give me this job. I can do this job. And this is the job she's been doing. As we also reported, they also conspired. I believe we were, if not the first network to report it, if not the only network to report it on New Abolitionist Radio. We heard it first from the private prison enslavers themselves, the GEO Group, as they have earning calls every quarter, every financial quarter as we were just talking about these comments come from the 2016 budget hearing for the Supreme Court 
fiscal year 2016. So this um, Kamala Harris has a track record and, and we just really need to be informed. And th this is slavery. So we heard from George Zolian in the game, listening in, gathering intelligence on their calls, their public calls. We heard them talk about a, a opportunity in California and made reference to opening up new facilities so they were already talking to the state of California about helping them out in housing their slaves and it'll cost you this amount of money so certainly we could say at this moment in time under the current governor I don't even know who his name is is it Jerry Brown or whatever I don't I don't live I know the uh, governor of North Carolina Pat McCrory former mayor of Charlotte but I'm, I don't recall the governor of California but he is most responsible as he um, you know sought that high office in this state and then he has his his officers like Attorney General Kamala Harris. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if California appoints their attorney generals or if they are elected. I think they are elected. So the people, you elected this woman and this is the job that she's been doing. So please be made aware that she should not, you should not vote for her. You should oppose her going to the Senate because she definitely will defend the 13th amendment and the continuation of slavery in America that's what the track record says she will do it as a proxy paid by the system but they certainly seem to have a total incarceration policy in California we will not we're not even going to let go the paraplegics we don't care if they're in a wheelchair we don't care if they are old men lugging around oxygen tanks we are not letting them go don't care if they're 72 years old we don't care if they're 13 years old we are not letting these people go it's, it's just so blatant and right there in your face uh, people and I just have myself along with other volunteers just had an unfortunate job because I do this is a job of gathering the intelligence and, and making these reports to you going to take a break we'll check the phone lines again the telephone number is 530-881-1400 access code 549032-POUND Stephen Breyer what, you know Another G, uh, uh, Supreme Court justice says that, quote, it's a big problem in this country. Big problem of the country. So, what are we going to do about these problems? What are people proposing? What do you propose? I propose, I will co-sign with other abolitionists and say I propose the immediate release of all persons 
who are currently being held for nonviolent victimless crimes primarily drug war victims and casualties but it but but that you know I would apply broadly victimless nonviolent crimes let let them all go there's got to be a better way than enslaving people that they can make restitution to the community but we find that many of these people are innocent indeed even if they were convicted of a law passed doesn't matter to me i don't recognize the authority of these criminals who passed these laws and looked the other way as the cia smuggled drugs in the country and president reagan makes deals with south american drug dealers to fund paramilitary organizations to overthrow a democratically elected see they just man they just want you to look past all of that and that's all I'm asking people to do is take all of this into consideration take it all into consideration this is a, a pattern in practice to borrow language from Eric Holder and the Justice Department it all paints a practice and pattern of racism throughout the years now we're going to take a break and uh, hear some quick messages from some of our media partners and sponsors you're listening to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed on blacktalkradionetwork.com. Hey, hey, this is Coffee Black, coming through to bring you the latest in sports, celebrity, and entertainment news. Here's the sip this week. So we all heard about Nick Cannon moving on with model Jessica White. Well, Mariah has moved on, too, with somebody her age, y'all. I can't believe it. Her new boo is a movie director, and he's even directed some of her old videos. They were spotted cozy on a yacht. Must be nice. And Tasha Smith is truly asking herself, why did I get married? She said to pay her ex-husband $7,000 a month in spousal support. If that ain't a come up, I don't know what it is. And Kevin Durant is done for the season. Another surgery and four to six months of recovery expected. And I don't know how long it's going to take Karuchi to recover from her breakup with Chris Brown. A Yonla to the rescue. You can see my thoughts about the interview on my site. Not enough time today. I'm just saying. Make sure you check out my site, thesipwithcoffeeblack.com, and tune in next week to The Sip with Coffee Black. No sugar, no cream. I'm Tanya Free. Indiana Governor Mike Pence just signed the Religious Freedom Bill, a bill that will allow business owners to deny services to same-sex couples. Could this go beyond same-sex couples? Who's next on this slippery slope? Then there's the former University of Oklahoma student, captioned on video, reciting racist chants, offering a public apology flanked by African Americans. Was this apology sincere enough for you? We will listen to the apology on air and talk about how forgiven we are as a people. Also, we now know that the German Wings co-pilot is believed to have locked the pilot out of the cockpit and deliberately crashed the plane into the French apps last week. May have been depressed. Depressed but not a terrorist? Let's talk about that. And finally, driving while black in Michigan can be dangerous if you are driving a Cadillac. Just ask longtime Detroit auto worker James Dent. These stories and more Wednesday on the Tiny Free and Friends talk show and 24-7 on tinyfree.com. Until then, be free and remember to live life with a purpose. The Tanya Free and Friends Talk Show, your destination for the best in social and political straight talk. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Streaming live on TanyaFree.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Join the conversation Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Elliot Booker, host of Time for an Awakening Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. Speaking in half of Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser. 
since 2008, the Black Talk Media Project, which has created Black Talk Radio Network, has engaged in producing original content from a black perspective for the global black community. You can help us continue this mission and help us even more by giving donations to the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser and asking others to do so also. Let us work together to make 2015 a stronger year for independent black media. Again, this is Elliot Booker of Time for Awakening Radio Program on the Black Talk Radio. Jails in America are being privatized. And they are on the stock exchange. And you don't build a hotel unless you expect occupancy. So when they're building prisons, they want to build them, but they're building them for you. I look around this room
see the police armed like they are, that's not to serve and protect. That is to kill. I look around this room and I see nothing but untapped potential. And then you can come back in the hood riding expensive cars. But your brothers and sisters are dying on your words. And you are aiding in the conspiracy to exterminate the black male. to know that at the highest levels of government they've plotted you are tuned in to the black talk radio network for podcasts and live program scheduling visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com and welcome back to black talk radio news my name is scotty reed that was uh, a track a beat I call that message music. We do have a station called Message Music, but that was Brother Sincere, uh, Nokwari, um, God Life Beats. We had him on as a guest on, on the program. Just, uh, Google God Life Beats. Or, uh, also if you want to find that broadcast or that podcast with him, uh, just put that in the search engine on blacktalkradionetwork.com. And that was Untapped Potential on a, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was what he titled that track you just heard. But uh, again, um, um, he he was talking about the psychological warfare that is being waged. Cause, like Malcolm said, media is one of the most powerful entities on the face of the planet. Cause it controls the minds of the masses, and there are plenty of scientific studies that have been done. It shouldn't even be a debate or a dispute on whether or not individuals in our community unfortunately far too many individuals are influenced strongly to act in a manner to live out these fantasy lives on the streets like grand theft auto you know that's how they're going riding through the community and that's being programmed and programmed into young minds young developing minds hell if the government says it's okay then hey we should just go along with that 
if the FCC and the corporations that fund it say it's okay, we should allow it in our communities. No, I don't think so. Shout out to Clear the Airways Project. Look them up on Facebook. I don't think so. If these truly are our communities, we should take control of our community airways. They are tactics and things that have been proven to work. We're going to have to get Brother Quabbin uh, uh, back on the program. But right now, I'm going to jump around a bit. Uh, let me check the phone lines. I'm going to jump around a bit. Okay, nobody has any question or comment. I want to jump around uh, to, I, I just want to go straight to this war report and give you the latest casualty reports from Killed by Police. You can find it on the web at killedbypolice.net. It's updated daily. And sadly, I want to report that there were six more deaths involving cops, involving police, yesterday on March 30th. Again, if I look through the month, I don't know, uh, March 27th, looks like an even more deadly uh, day than even March the 30th. So I stand corrected. Let me count the deaths on March 27th. See, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 people, 9 casualties on the battlefield of America involving police, the militarized police that you just heard Minister Farrakhan talking about being given these weapons that previously were only being used on the battlefield as they carry out their federal mandate to capture people on drug laws. Put them into slavery and they will kill you in the process. So it's a war. It's a war being waged. That's what I think or what I heard Minister Farrakhan trying to convey to people that there is a war being waged on black people in this country. And I agree with that. And that's why I call these war reports. So, man, I didn't realize nine, there were nine casualties on the 27th. But we will be keeping up with this daily on each broadcast of Black Talk Radio News, you can check it your, yourself, share it with other people. When you look at this, look at it as if, because you are, but look at it as if you're looking at casualties from a war. People who have been killed in action whose name should scroll across the your television screens. You know how they do that when um, U.S. soldiers are, are reportedly killed in a battlefield and after the nightly news, they will share their names as released by the Department of Defense. I think this should be something like a public service announcement just to announce to people let them know, provide them with information of the casualties that we are seeing. Now, I haven't heard of a database, but I'm sure there are people like police unions. They have millions of dollars and lots of resources who have their own casualty list of police officers. And let me tell you right off the bat, 
that nine police officers are not being killed on any single day in America. It isn't even listed within the top 10 of the most dangerous, life-threatening jobs in America. Some of them do get killed and hurt and injured, even times by their fellow officers. But when you compare their casualty report to the casualty report, we don't know if all these people are American citizens or not, so we will just say uh, American people who are residents in the United States of America who were killed and collected the dead was collected from the battlefield they even had these people's names and they have links to the news reports but yesterday we saw one, two, three, four, five, six people killed Gregory Thomas Joseph Smith, he was 39 years old. Dominic R. Wise, 30 years old. Brian Herbert, he was 29. We have two unknown victims. Jason Molin, 29 years old. Robert Rooker, 26 years old. Harvey Ellis Oates, he was 42 years old. There was someone killed today. As reported by theregisteredguard.com thus far, according to this database, there's only been one casualty today. So day, today is a slow day. For these people that need fuller calls on race soldiers. I, I just call them cops. I call them slave catchers. Because that's what they do. But you know. People make up their own terms. And whatnot. So uh, the registered guard is telling me. That I must. I have viewed one of my five free articles. Already registered. And they want me to subscribe not ready to rescribe subscribe okay now it's letting me in I, I understand hey it costs money to put information out over the web so but I was able to to view it the killing today it says a man believed to be suicidal was fatally shot by Eugene police officer on Diva Street in West Eugene shortly after 5 p.m. Monday police said I'm not even sure what state this is. A nearby, a neighbor, Travis Lemku, said he was playing with his kids in the front yard when he saw police surround his neighbor's house. He said he heard a gunshot and then saw two or three people run out the house. Shortly thereafter, police advised him to go back inside his own home for safety. The dead man's next to kin were not immediately notified and police released no names or other identifying information about the victim. No officers were injured in the shooting, police said. The officer involved in the shooting was not identified. An interagency deadly use of force investigation team was called in to provide an independent investigation. 
yeah, like that's likely that it's going to be independent. But I digress. Uh, officers were still arriving to the scene shortly after 7.30 p.m. Where, where, where is this place at? It's dated March 31st, but if it's 7.30 p.m., this must have occurred yesterday. So we don't have a whole lot of information because they ran up in the house and we know that this unnamed individual is now dead. Sounds awful, like, awfully like similar circumstances with a elderly man here in the county that I live in, Mr. James Allen, if I recall his name correctly, 72-year-old United States veteran, black man. All that didn't matter, um, but yeah. They ran up in his house after getting calls of concern from a police department about 50, 60 miles away where his relatives lived who asked him to do a welfare check on Mr. Allen because he had just had open heart surgery so they bust in his house close to midnight it was probably dark in the house and we can imagine Mr. Allen being in his bed thinking that criminals were breaking in the back door and he wouldn't be wrong and as he retrieved his little 22 probably from the little nightstand or dresser or perhaps under his pillow I don't know what what the crime rate was in his his uh, area that he lived in in Gaston, Gastonia, but uh, certainly he believed in self-protection, exercising his Second Amendment rights. So we hears these criminals breaking in, and he goes to investigate with his twenty-two uh, handgun in hand. And the next thing we know, about two or three shots later, uh, Mr. Allen is dead. Cops say they told him to put the gun down and he didn't comply and they shot him and killed him. So we only have their word after they broke into this man's house. This sounds similar. So this man, um, unknown person killed today, it says that he was believed to be suicidal. Where? Why Why would you believe that? Did he call 911 asking for help and telling somebody, I, I, I'm thinking about killing myself and I need someone to talk me out of it? And instead of you putting the healthcare professional on the line or, or just talking the man to the man and getting a healthcare professional, mental healthcare professional hotline or something on the line and passing him off to them, you send police out there to respond to a man that you believe to be suicidal. And so you killed him. You sent stormtroopers to his house instead of people in white coats with stethoscopes and black medical bags and approaching his home in a non-threatening manner, knocking on the door instead of breaking in and saying, how can I help you, sir? No, that's not what happened. No, no, they send the stormtroopers in and so if, if the man was thinking about not killing himself well they made that decision for him they killed him that's all we know right now but 
That is your casualty report for March 31st, 2015, although I have reason to believe this man was killed yesterday because of the time of night. As more information uh, comes out, let me let me see if I can find out quickly what state this is in. Let me check killed by police Facebook post. And no, I do not see uh, any additional information. But that casualty report, if if indeed it remains at one, and we hope it will. We hope no one else is killed by police today. But the uh, casualty account, the casualty count for 2015 thus far stands at 2,154. It could be actually much higher. It could be 50% higher. It could be 100% higher, 200, 1,000%. We don't know because the police do not report like they should to federal government to the justice department and justice department doesn't really pursue these things and force compliance or or any kind of laws so it could be much higher than 2,154 casualties in in, in the United States in 2015 that's a lot man that's a lot as we get ready to enter in to a new month, April. That's just three months. That's that's only three months. If I'm reading this correctly. And if we divide that by three, that's 718 people a month. Really, is it that high? And I, I must be, I wonder if this total includes like from last year or something. It must include last year. I know they did not kill 718 people like that last month and and we not know about it. I mean, is it really that much? I think that's uh, that might be wrong. That might be another year and a half worth of casualties, but still, one is too many. Like the man um, who called 911 possibly saying that I feel like killing myself but I need somebody to talk me out of it and they sent the police and as I already told you what the outcome was in sending police Mm-mm-mm. condolences to his family and all the victims all the victims and we will do our best to keep updating you and telling giving you their names again I appreciate the work of killed by police database is killed by police dot net very inspirational work just it just makes it, it, it it's it's like who can argue who you're gonna argue with you're gonna argue with the statistics you're gonna argue that police are not killing so-called citizens at, at, at outlaw, alarming 
and outrageous rates in America. This is like battlefield conditions, man. There were not that many people killed in the war when I was in the Gulf War stationed in Saudi Arabia. Helping to erect, at the time, the largest tactical communications network. From 19, what was it, 1990 to 1991. Because it was over quickly. But there was not five, it, there was not, how many again? Um, look at killed by police numbers again. This is crazy. 200. Okay, I think, okay. I got it now. For 2015, it would be 287. So I, I was like really about to get alarmed and say, what? 718 a month. But that's still, that's still bad though. 288 casualties is a lot. Now let's, let's divide that by three months. That's, that's 96 people a month. So nearly 100 people every month. And there's only 30 days in a month, most times. You know, February's short. Got an extra day here in March. But still, we can get an estimate. We can say factually that more than two people a day are being killed by cops every 24 hours. That's hell on the battlefield. That's hell. I'm not seeing any reports of mass casualties like this coming out of places where United States troops are engaged in the so-called enemy. No, they just got ran up out of Yemen, uh, but, uh, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan and not hearing about these kind of casualties. So as I just think about how people mostly racist suspects cheer for call for war like they're calling for war on Iran and, and just want to kill Arabs and, and whatnot for their religious reasons and beliefs I'm like it's war being waged right where you live it's being waged on you and you are concerned about what's going on not saying people shouldn't be concerned about what's going on in other places in the world. Indeed, we should be global in our perspectives and to take it all in and get the totality of it all. But when they're just gunning down people and snatching up people to put them into slavery like this, don't see how we can ignore it any, any longer. And it's not being ignored. I don't want to say that people are not rebelling and people are not resisting but it's just on a much smaller scale we don't have the widespread participation that we saw in times past whenever black people in the, in the United States have organized to protect themselves from terrorism Now this reminds me, um, I was given an ideal, I want to try to play in this program. I was listening to the Abolitionist Daily, and let me see, I am overdue for a break 
going to take a, a station identification break, just a short one, then come back. And I want to talk about a possible solution to, to these problems using corporations. Just some things that I heard about. I didn't write this down in the itinerary for today's show, but you know how we freestyle it anyway. But on the other side, I, I want to talk about uh, some of these problems and how I hear people talking about using corporations to attain power and to fight oppression, but they were talking about it in different areas of people activity. And I thought, wow, if they all got together, man, those brothers could come up with a great plan. A great plan. Because what they said makes sense. I'm not an expert on it or anything like that. Again, I, I have, I do know about the process. Again, the Black Talk Media Project is a corporation, a nonprofit corporation, but it's a state corporation, North Carolina. So it has all the rights and privileges that North Carolina says this corporation has. So I, I, I just want to introduce that. So we'll be right back on the other side. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, and this is the Black Talk Radio Network. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. control our community. Everything that's in your community that you don't control is a weapon against you. Public education as it exists today is a weapon against black people. TV and news media, especially the WPP, white power press, white people's paper, and white people's power are enemies against black people. What the white press does is that it makes black people an enemy of black people. Welcome back to Black Talk Radio News Broadcasting. Live streaming for the moment on blacktalkradionetwork.com. And that's what it's about. How do we gain control of our community as we hear people talking about the oppression that we face every day, the slavery the ticketing schemes like we saw in Ferguson, the exploitation, the robbery, and all of that. How do we protect ourselves against that? And I hear people talk about community control of the police. Um, but as I was listening to this guest that was on today on uh, the Abolitionist Daily, uh, the last uh, segment of Abolitionist, last 30 minutes or so, uh, the guest had some problems. I can't even recall his name right now, uh, but y'all can go and check that out. But he was talking about how he teaches classes and, and courses from what I gathered about how you can get out of tickets and stuff which are instruments of a contract between you and let's say a county government and you know he was he, he, the stuff that he said was legally making sense but again I haven't done any investigation into it but he has you know told some success stories and you know what you ask the officer when a cop stops you and and wants to issue a ticket and he like be calm be cool 
be collective. Don't let power go to your head because you got this knowledge and like you're going to confront these cops and whatnot out here in the streets. Don't get arrogant. In other words, don't get shot out here in the streets. But how you go to court then and, you know, after you get the cop to admit to certain things, it's kind of complicated, but it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? And I wish he had have been able to connect uh, with Johanan doing, you know, it's a two-hour program, and he only got 30 minutes, so we didn't get to ask for any questions or, or, or clarifications, but it made sense, the legal sense that he was talking about in using corporations to protect yourself, that you incorporate. Now, I first was uh, heard about that using corporation an individual creating a corporation i was listening to the tando radio show and the mooney brothers uh these sons the twin brothers of paul mooney the comedian and they have uh been coming on the tando radio show which is heard here on black talk radio network every day at six o'clock p.m and they were talking about business credit and personal credit and the differences between the credit and how you could create a corporation and establish business credit and and how it's going to have an excellent credit score and then you know you could use that to get cash or to leverage you know currency and, and, and build and do this not not to rip people off and oh i'm gonna get this business credit card in this corporation i have created and i'm gonna borrow ten thousand dollars against this credit card and then i'm gonna go to vegas no they ain't talking about doing nothing like that but they're talking about actually reinvesting that money whether it's the commodities market i know david talks about precious metals and whatnot or whether you're funding a actual you know brick and mortar business and and leveraging that business credit as a corporation and then I, I was thinking about now brother Reginald, um, what is brother Reginald's last name? But from South Carolina and he's been on the program over the past couple of years. He's come on from time to time to tell us about how the white supremacists in Georgia is still in the land of the Gullah Geechee people. You know, uh, Gullah Geechee people, descendants of West African, West Africans who were enslaved here and, and many of them escaped and, and established their own culture. Certainly you've heard of the Gullah Geechees. They extend, um, you know, South Carolina, uh, Georgia might go, you know, further than that. I think there may even be some in North Carolina. I'm not sure, but these were coastal, com- these after 1865 became coastal communities and islands, uh, talking about the Sapelo Islands off the coast of Georgia. And, you know, that so-called emancipated slaves, black people, own all this property. And we have lost millions of acres of this property over the years. It being stolen and pillaged and pilfered. And so the state of Georgia was trying to, with with, um, developers, still in their land. And so the last time I spoke with, with Brother Reginald, he was talking about how now they have a nonprofit corporation. And they go to different black communities and they help you do the research and, and they help you, you know, uh, establish your land rights and work out the, uh, deeds. Cause he was talking about how they muddy the deeds, attach stuff to deeds so there's no clear ownership and they help you navigate through all of this. There's some small fees involved to help pay for the research and, you know, the fees you won't have to pay to get access to documents and whatnot. But again, it's a nonprofit organization and they help you incorporate to where you can incorporate and develop a land trust like a family land trust. 
then it's no longer individual property. And, and I was thinking about that. And don't these corporations get enticed with lower tax rates? So therefore, low property, you know, taxes, if it's put in the name of your corporation. And, and it, I was thinking about our life, flip the script. Okay, as presently, we know that corporations rule the day through the uh, Citizens United. And what the conservatives have done. But isn't that all they're doing? They create all these corporations. And they have done that as a way to protect themselves against criminal liability. Although I don't think that that is an adequate defense. When you sit on the board of directors and trustees and, and whatever your position and title is, you are a party to the crimes that that corporation commits. But getting back to the subject at hand, like, you know, Reggie Noel was talking about, um, they had been in Atlanta in the community to help th- protect them from um, I got brain freeze. What 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 do they call it? Gentrification, where they want to snatch land from a, a traditionally a black community, historically black community, and do their little tricks and shenanigans and take their land so they can expand or build a stadium, expand the stadium or build the stadium. I'm not. I can't recall which it was specifically, but how they were helping those people come together and create corporations to protect their land. So I was like, man, these three brothers, they need to have a sit down and a powwow because they are talking about something that would at least alleviate, I wouldn't say it's going to end racism or white supremacy. I'm not making any kind of bold claims like that, but I'm saying that it is a tactic. It is a strategy that perhaps we can undertake to protect ourselves to provide some measure of protection from our land being stolen and even our rights being violated because I've done, you know, research on my own family history here in this area. At one time, like if I go to Google Maps and I punch in Rankin Town, which is was my grandmother's last name, my maternal grandmother, and um, there was a, a town around here called Lincoln, Rankin Town that my family had incorporated and, and created and, and then the white people came and they just took over it was different county names you can find that kind of information but then I was thinking in terms of why doesn't Ferguson the people of Ferguson not criticizing them but just a suggestion just abolish your entire government the city all and start from scratch and reincorporate because like the first brother was talking about did y'all enter into a contract with the city of Ferguson, did y'all agree to this? Did y'all agree to these contracts to get in the power to levy fines and whatnot and this and that and lock you up and, and use the police and blah, blah, blah? I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, it's a lot to it. How, how they, their tricks, their politics. And so perhaps, especially I was thinking like people like me that live in unincorporated areas in primarily rural areas undeveloped land to protect ourselves you know these people we need to get together and form a corporation and and form our town as a means to protect ourselves we don't have to have police if we don't want police and we are not going to fund our police or take federal funds for our police department 
I'm not going to be locking up people for smoking weed or growing weed. We're not going to do any of that. We're only going to enforce the law as it pertains to crimes against individuals and property crimes and things of that nature. We're not going to be out here all up in people's business and in their houses and in their homes and say, hey, you charged that man $20 to sleep with him. Both of you come with me. We're going to put you in slavery. No, we're going to lead that up to your moral code. We're going to lead that up to, you know, you can self-police on that. You, if you have a God, if you believe in a God, if you practice a religion, that's between you and, and your spiritual deity and, and, and whatnot. But we're not going to force our individual beliefs we don't approve of what you're doing but we also do not believe in taking your freedom away for doing it as long as you're not harming another individual and everybody is just consenting adults so yeah corporations might be the way to go I don't know just an ideal that I had today as I listened to that brother speak to Johanan and as I um thought back to the other people uh, the Mooney twins one of the brothers who specialize in the credit how to get the credit to get money that that money that you can then reinvest and create wealth in the community so I I, I, I definitely would um, hit up Sister Cece and see if we can pull these three brothers together and have a powwow on air where they can answer people's questions but there needs to be I think all those different areas they were talking about could be consolidated. So, yeah. Oh, uh, let me see the last thing. Got about 15 minutes left. Quickly, the St. Post, the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Again, we can't get out of St. Louis County, can we? Uh, those racist people up there, man. But there was a former St. Louis Cardinal professional player by the name of Kurt Ford. He was in a convenience store, as I stated at the beginning of the program, and a racist terrorist, a white male suspect, came up to him and punched him in the face and called him a nigger. So, again, that's why I say you must always conduct yourselves like you're on the battlefield. There are people out there who are looking to kill you to do you harm you should always be aware of your surroundings we don't want people living their lives in fear or anything like that but you cannot control the actions of other people and so when you are in public and you are amongst others you must always be paying attention to the movements of the people that come into let's say let's just say a 50 yard radius I know that sounds like a lot but certainly if you're, let's say, in a small convenience store that may only be, you know, a few yards, like a little box, a little cement box with, with a window, you should certainly be aware of people, activities. They might be coming to rob the place. They might be coming to rob you. They might be coming to kill you. Or they might be coming to yell nigger in a convenience store and punch you in the face. Luckily, this brother, Kurt Ford, was not stabbed. He was not shot. 
and he suffered only minor injuries but it is still to be taken serious this was a racist terrorist attack and the person who did that committed that heinous crime against him see that's not a victimless crime that that's a crime against another individual and it, it is enhanced by your racial animosity so I'm all for putting criminals away not going to really have time to get to the 2015 racism terrorism report volume one guess I could call it issue one but I'm just going to read the headlines to you quickly again this is published on blacktalkradionetwork.com in the blog section but the Connecticut uh, uh, college this is in um, New London Connecticut they canceled classes on Monday that was yesterday while we was on air they canceled classes at this quote unquote liberal college after racist and terrorist graffiti was painted inside a building on the campus over the weekend it is a private liberal arts college located in New London Connecticut I have linked to it uh, the reports uh, state that the report state that nigger go home or something to that effect just like you know 10 days ago or 11 days ago in Indiana where the little 6th grade black girl found a note in her locker that said niggers don't belong so again these are not isolated incidents that are occurring so moving on uh, Russian league player this is crazy story now this didn't just happen but a Russian league player a black player was banned for the emotional reaction he had in Moscow Russia on a soccer field at people were taunting him and hurling racial abuse at him so he got punished for his reaction to the racist abuse so now but this article came out the other day says now the Russia football union has appointed a new anti-racism leader the Russian football union has appointed its first dedicated anti-racism official in an effort to crack down on discrimination ahead of the world cup so you know you want to clean up your image ahead of the world cup so that you um, are not penalized or suffer economically not that you really care or you're against racism or anything but we must at least give the appearance the confederate flag is at the heart of a supreme court case is a headline coming from salon uh they handed down a ruling the supreme court that is later uh no they will hand down a ruling later this year on whether a state can stop its citizens from purchasing specialty license plates featuring the confederate flag because nazis like to be proud Racist, particularly these unrefined races, they like they like to, I, and I'm I'm all for it. Let us know who you are. Let us know. So anyway, I'm not gonna spend time on that. Anyway, a Bond legend, uh, what's his name? Roger Moore. I'm sure, y'all heard about him being accused of saying racist things about the black British actor Ildris Elba saying he's not English enough and people took that to be 
racist. What do you mean, Mr. Moore, about not English enough? He, he sounds English to me. He grew up in, in England. He was born in England, and he is a subject of the crown. So what do you mean, Mr. Moore? So he, uh, Mr. Moore is insisting that something got lost in the translation when he was giving this interview in this French magazine called The Local France, The Local FR. Liverpool going back to soccer and sports, which is a economic activity and people activity. Uh, Liverpool legend John Barnes claims racism is the reason he hasn't been given another crack at a management job. Jumping to Ireland, commissioner launches a face-up to racism campaign. Sounds like my Just Say No campaign. I know Nancy Reagan said it first, but um, yeah, where I say in order to collapse the system of racism, white supremacy, we all stop participating. Don't do it. And if you see something, say something. So they're saying face up the racism. It's the name of their campaign. Um, I link to that article. You can read about it. Last but not least, the um, there is a report about racism in these indigenous mascots like redskins and stuff the dark month is, is is reporting that how studies have shown the negative impact that uh, these racist mascots have on indigenous children when they see them and what it does to their self esteem and they're forced to attend these schools often and again you know Racist suspects love to celebrate their conquest of people, their genocide and their lawlessness in land there. So anyway, yeah, that's the uh, racism report, volume one. I will try. I think it will be something daily that comes out. Last but not least, uh, again, I think. Um, wish I could have spent more time on this, but the uh, report coming out of Hawaii about this state judge saying that the kingdom of Hawaii still exists and acknowledging that it was illegally overthrown, which I didn't know the United States government had already admitted such and even passed le uh, legislation. I didn't know Cleveland, um, I think President Cleveland, whatever his name was, that might be his last name, had acknowledged this grave injustice, but I posted that article, that press release, from that organization, that Hawaiian organization fighting for their independence, for their stolen nation. And there is, uh, what's the title of that? It is Hawaii State Judge Recognizes the Existence of the Overthrown Hawaiian Kingdom. It was published on two days ago on the 29th. Please check it out. Go to blacktalkradionetwork.com. Just hit the blog section, scroll down. You'll find it. But I included a hour and a half, might be two hour long documentary. Somebody did a good job documenting their crimes. And I'm going to close out the program by letting you listen to this documentary titled The Stolen Nation of Hawaii. Because now you have a state judge. And I'm just pointing out that these criminals even when acknowledging their crimes, they still do not want to pay 
restitution goes again with slavery reparations. That's what is at the heart of this. They don't want to close the military bases. They don't want to uh, make the contracts they have entered into with corporations null and void. And y'all got to get out Hawaii and the people now own all of this real estate once again. No, they don't want that to happen. But it, I mean, it's a it, it's a trip that they admitting this criminality, but yet they're not willing to stop the criminality. So we'll be back on the air Thursday. I will be back on the air Thursday, four o'clock p.m. Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. Make sure y'all tune in. I'll be on the air with Max and Johanan tomorrow night, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. New Abolitionist Radio. Make sure y'all stay tuned. Also for the Tando radio show as they will be talking about petrol dollars what is a petrol dollar explaining global currency and, and things that we should understand so y'all be safe out there situational awareness is always a must on battle in battlefield conditions and it will just increase your chances of surviving and not becoming a, a, a greater victim of this system this is Stolen Nation of Hawaii. Peace and blessings to all. Must be the greatest awesome, awesome of democracy. democracy. A new world order. A world where the rule of law governs the conduct of nations. And to offer an apology to Native Hawaiians. An apology for genocide? The apology will become legal. And they will now adverse the right to take possession. All we have to say is, we're sorry. That's an insult, a slap in the face, like, you don't count. No nation will be permitted to brutally assault its neighbor. Oh, thanks for the apology and all the genocide and all the lies, and now you're going to recognize us? My friends, if we can't do this, we will be left in chaos. But the logical consequences of this resolution would be independence. Pursue whether they would be more interested in a, in, a, in a cash and land settlement. Independence. Maybe I'm missing something here. The whole body of the nation, the state, so long as it is not voluntarily submitted to other men or other nations, remains absolutely free and independent. On this day, we serve notice to the sovereign powers of the earth that Hawaii will claim its station as an independent nation once again. Mahalo Kiakua and may God be First contact in Hawaii began with the celebrated arrival of the legendary Captain James Cook on January 19, 1778. In the spirit of aloha, hundreds of canoes and paddlers from the island of Kauai came to greet these ships of which no Kanaka Maoli had ever seen. A shore party was dispatched by Captain Cook and the first Hawaiian to make physical contact with a white man was summarily shot to death.
beginning of the Kanaka Maoli Holocaust began within seconds of first contact with Western culture. Most of the 760,000 soon to die would suffer the ravages of Western diseases. But many died of a condition that can effectively be described as a broken heart. One hundred years later, of the estimated 800,000 original Kanaka Maoli population, 95% have been exterminated. The spirit of Aloha has had a difficult time indeed in surviving the onslaught of Western civilization. Whereas from 1826 until 1893, the United States recognized the independence of the Kingdom of Hawaii, extended full and complete diplomatic recognition to the Hawaiian government, and entered into treaties and conventions with the Hawaiian monarchs to govern commerce and navigation in 1826, 1842, 1849, 1875, and 1887. Treaties are basically contracts between two sovereign powers, two nations, and as such, the Kingdom of Hawaii and the United States of America enjoyed a treaty of friendship. It has been the policy of the United States since the foundation of the government to cultivate relations of peace and amity with all the nations of the world. And this accords with my conception of our duty now. A date which will live in infamy. Whereas, on January 14, 1893, John L. Stevens, the United States Minister assigned to the sovereign and independent Kingdom of Hawaii, conspired with a small group of non-Hawaiian residents of the Kingdom of Hawaii, including citizens of the United States, to overthrow the indigenous and lawful government of Hawaii. It had not entered our Invited speakers and callers do not. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.